enough, he said, finally. They had better gear, newer suits than I'd expected. Skullfucker Mike stared at him. Behind him, Topaz slid down to the ground and buried her head in her knees. Murmurs swept the crowd, and then Sasha spoke up. Your friend saved my life. Mike looked over and seemed to notice her for the first time. And who are you? His voice was not unfriendly. It wasn't exactly warm, either. My name is Sasha, she said, her voice clearly on the edge of a sob. She looked from Mike to Tuli to Topaz to the crowd and then back to Manny. He saw panic in her eyes, barely held in check by a cage of steely resolve. I made a mistake. I left my home for the kingdom. I thought it was the right thing to do. I met Marigold while I was there, and she helped me see how wrong I'd been. She pointed to Roland. I tried to help him free your people. We all tried, but they were ready for us. They shot him, she gestured to Roland. They shot him a lot. They had us all dead to rights. And then Marigold, I don't know how, but she got a gun. She shot two of them, and then they shot her. She died saving us. The silence that followed was louder than any artillery barrage Manny had ever sat through. Finally, Skullfucker Mike nodded at her. There were tears in his eyes, and, Manny soon realized, tears on every face in the crowd. Some people fell to their knees. Others embraced and held their friends. One voice, hoarse and heavy with pain, howled out in anguish. It was met by another voice, and then another, and then another, as Fuckian after Fuckian tilted their head back and roared their grief out to the empty blue of the Texas sky. Rolling Fuck preferred to mourn through activity. The wailing and gnashing of teeth over Marigold didn't stop the city's medics from taking Rick and Tuli to whatever building served as their equivalent of a clinic. Topaz stayed behind with the gathering crowd of mourners while Skullfucker Mike gathered up Manny, Sasha, and Roland. There'll be time to process later. He'd said as much to himself as to them. There's a war council soon, and they'll be wanting to debrief you. Fine, Roland said, but I'm stopping at the bar first. I need some opium and some goddamn tequila. Manny expected Skullfucker Mike to be angered by that, given the circumstances, but the other chromed man just nodded and said, I could use a drink or nine myself. They headed for the lift underneath the main roller. Manny started to prepare himself for the meeting with this war council, whatever that term meant in a place like this. Whatever happens, it's bound to be weird. They reached the lift. Skullfucker Mike opened the door and gestured for everyone to enter. And so, less than an hour after arriving back in the City of Wheels, Manny, Sasha, and Roland found themselves seated around the same redwood table where they'd first met Nanayazi and Donald Ferris. The room was more crowded this time around, with two new people he didn't recognize. One was a shirtless man with writhing snake tattoos across his chest and a pair of chaps that did nothing at all to cover up his junk. It didn't help that the man's legs were spread as wide as possible. He seemed to be deliberately showing off. Manny looked away and found himself staring at a very tall, very muscular young-seeming woman with a mohawk made from thick chrome spikes. She had light brown skin. Her cheeks were covered in several long, thin diagonal scars. The woman's eyes had no pupils. They looked gray at first, until Manny realized they were actually just filled with static. When Manny finally pulled his gaze away from her, he was met with the biggest surprise of the day. Deshaun Clark was seated two chairs down from Nanayazi. Major Clark! Manny. The Major's lips cracked open into a wide-mouthed grin. The left side of his face was still covered in hemostatic gauze, and the edges of the skin around the gauze 